Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Okay. Welcome to Heart to Bark, a podcast for people who love their animals and want to learn more about them. I am your host, Dr. Mark. Come, sit, and stay tuned as we talk about the health and well-being of our furry, scaly, and even feathery friends. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Mark here. It is Heart to Bark, and we are going to talk about traveling with your pets. Summer is almost here. I know my kids are excited. They are ready for the summer, and it's just around the corner and all the families are starting to think about what their summer travels are going to be, where they're going to go, where they're going to take the family. And hey, guess what? Our pets are an integral part of our family and something we need to think about whenever we are planning a trip, especially if they're going to be involved. So that's what I'm going to talk about today is what are some things to think about when traveling with your pets? So the first thing you have to decide is you're going to go on a trip. You're going to go somewhere, uh, whether it's hot or cold. Uh, you know, you just need to think about that just initially. I'll go into that a little bit more later. But are you going to take your pets or are you going to leave them at home? So the first question is, is are you going to keep them at home or are you going to take them with you? If you're going to keep them at home, you do have a few options. One is they actually stay at home and you maybe have a pet sitter come by a couple times a day or you have somebody that actually stays in the house and almost house house sits for you and you can have them watch the animals when they're there. Now, and you know, whenever we're talking about our pets, there's Cats, dogs, exotics, birds, and all of these require different care and different levels of care. Many cats, they don't need much. Many of them are are pretty self-sufficient. You basically give them a litter box, you put out some food and water, and many of them are happy. Leave me alone, I'll do my thing, and y'all go away. And some of them, they're, they're, they're happy. Dogs, different story. They they definitely require more attention, a little bit more care. And so I'm not saying every cat's that way, but just from an ease standpoint, we board dogs far more often than we board cats because most people can set up cats at home, especially if it's only a couple of days or a day or two, then they can they can pretty much manage themselves. But dogs are a little bit different. So if you're starting to go into longer periods and you're going to go for a trip for you know, weeks or, you know, even a week, you're probably going to want to have minimally somebody come check on them at least a few times for sure. So, but staying at home is an option. Just, uh, you know, make sure that they do have the care that they need. Uh, I would not recommend just leaving them there with a bowl of food and water. Uh, They do need to be checked on at least daily. So the next option is they still stay at home, but at least at home in the, in in your town, but they go to a boarding facility. There's multiple levels of boarding facilities from minimal to very luxurious boarding facilities. 
and you can, you know, look at the ones that you prefer and pick the, the, the level of luxury that you want for your pet while you're gone. And the big thing with boarding facilities is these guys do need to be up to date on their vaccinations, deworming, sleep preventions, things like that. These are going to be required by any boarding facility, whether that's a boarding facility within a vet clinic, whether that's a standalone boarding facility, they are going to require some core vaccines, rabies, your distemper parvo, and your respiratory uh, viruses. So your bordetella and influenza typically in cats, they're typically going to need their rabies, their combo shot called the FVRCP, plus or minus a leukemia. Some require it, some don't, but that is going to be some things that you will have to uh, prepare for if you are going to board them. So another thing with boarding is they fill up very fast. So you want to schedule now, basically. The the people are planning trips. I know my wife, she plans whew, four, six months, a year in advance. And wow, she's got everything planned out. And that's something that a lot of people do. So these these slots fill up fast and you want to definitely get your name on the list and get them get them booked. So once you know you're going somewhere, you know you're going to board them at a facility, get them in, get them on their books. So but what this podcast is about, it's about actually taking your pet with you. So that's what I'm going to spend more time on is, you know, what do we do when we're planning to take our pet with us? And and I want to start with you need to plan ahead. That's going to be the biggest thing with this is plan, 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 because doing things last minute, you're either going to forget something or you're going to, uh, you know, leave out a, a part of the, of the travels that's going to make it uh, a little bit more hectic for you. So first off is, you know, determining the size of pet you have and what needs each pet size is going to need. So where I'm going with that is, a large Labrador, for instance, is going to need a lot more room. They're going to need a lot more space and area to move around in versus a little Yorkie or a little Chihuahua and, you know, numbers of pets as well. You know, you have to, to understand the more you have, the more that you're going to be dealing with. Cats typically stay in a crate most of the time. And many of these guys get fractious. So if you're taking a cat, you better, you know, just be careful. Some of them, if they get away from you, they'll take off and you cannot find them. And that's happened a lot, actually. So just just kind of think about the size of your pet, what's going to be needed. Do you have the room for them? And, you know, you make those decisions, you know, once you start planning your trip. So then the next thing you really want to think about is what type of travel are you going on? So are you going to drive? So you're going to be in a vehicle. So whether that's a small car, a truck, a Suburban or some sort of Tahoe type vehicle. So an SUV. And are your pets going to fit in there? Are you going to have them crated? Are you going to... Uh, leave them loose within the vehicle, and how how is that going to work with the family? And the biggest thing with traveling in a vehicle is 
if you're going to go somewhere that's going to make multiple stops or you're going to have towns that you're going to sleep in, so it's going to take you several days to get wherever you're going, you need to plan that out. I would even go almost as far as planning potty breaks for your pets. So, you know, get a, get a map out or get your, you know, Google Maps and, you know, we're going to go this far and we're going to stop at this store or this location so that we can let these guys out and go to the bathroom. So I'm down in South Texas. Well, you know, we're relatively warm and we have a lot of buckies in, in Texas. And so, you know, you're going to uh, maybe plan your trip to hit some of these, you know, stops that you can uh, then take your pet out. Many of them are pet friendly and some of them even have walking areas that you can take your pet to go to the bathroom. I will caution you with those. Many of those, you know, there's multiple dogs urinating and defecating in those areas. And especially if you have a puppy that's less than a year old or less than six months, you have to be careful because parvo is a virus that can be shed in the feces of sick dogs that the owners may not know they're sick and they're shedding the virus in that area. And then your pep puppy goes and ultimately steps in it, licks their feet and potentially can get parvo. So public areas where common uh, sites are used for voiding, you need to be super careful, especially if you have a puppy. The other thing that I would encourage you to do, and this is typically done and has even little stands out there is, you know, be courteous, pick up the feces and, um, you know, throw it away in the trash can just for the next person so that they can enjoy that same area without stepping in anything uh, and reducing contamination. So if you're traveling in a vehicle, I would definitely plan your stops so that you have an area to let your pets get out, stretch, go to the bathroom, and then, you know, even offer them some water. So get a bowl, keep it with you with some water as well. The other thing you want to do is if you know that you're going to be spending the night in a hotel, make sure the hotel is pet friendly. There are several pet friendly hotels out there. You have to look for them, but they are there, they are available, and uh, they are very encouraged uh, whenever you find one that was. And so I would make sure that you uh, plan that out as well. You don't want to go the day of and just start driving and end up having to stop in somewhere to go um, rent a hotel and you have a hard time finding one that's going to accept pets. So plan ahead, plan your stops, and plan your hotel uh, locations if, if that's in your travels. So the next type of travel would be more like a camper or an RV. That gives you a little bit more uh, leniency, you know, if, if especially if you're able to walk around in the camper or the RV and you can have your pet in there, it has a little bit more room. But the same rules apply, really. You know, you, you definitely want to make sure that if you have to make any stops, you plan those. And that becomes a little bit more important, especially if you're carrying either a 40 foot long trailer, probably not that long, but uh, a trailer with a camper and or a, a, an all-in-one uh, camper that you uh, need more room whenever you're going into those areas. So probably a little bit more planning involved with that more than just your pet, but something to think about. And then ultimately with those, you know, whenever you get to your final destination with um, a camper, 
you want to make sure that the utilities, you know, does, is it supplied with utilities? Are you using those in the camper itself? You know, what are the options there? So you know what to do with your pet as well. And that's another good thing uh, that you want to think about. One of the next options for travel is airplanes. So traveling with your pets, you can do that. You can fly your pets wherever you need to go. There's a little bit more involved, especially from a veterinary standpoint. You are going to have to get a health certificate, typically. And basically what that is, it's an examination by a veterinarian. Typically they last uh, 10 to 14 days. So you don't want to just get it and then travel in you know a month. You have to do it pretty close to the travel date. Go in, get your exam. And basically what we're doing is we're just making sure that the animal is healthy enough for travel and they don't have anything that's contagious to any other animals that could potentially be exposed to these guys. So we're going to be looking for mites, different manges, fleas. Typically, though, we can treat those and, and it doesn't, you know, you don't fail your health certificate. Uh, but uh, respiratory diseases, kennel cough, things like that, that will because uh, that is highly contagious. And those are things. Parvo is another one. Those will not pass a health certificate. So uh, but just, you know, checking the heart, making sure they're good for travel is, is overall what this uh, health certificate is for. And many of the airlines will require those. They'll check for those. And I would also, if you're traveling by plane, you need to contact your airline, specific airline, because many of them have their own form you have to fill out or certificate. And some of them, the veterinarian has to sign. So you want to make sure, once again, plan ahead. If I can't tell you anything else on this podcast, plan, plan, plan ahead weeks, months, years in advance for that matter. Just plan ahead because you many times I get this all the time where people try to squeeze in a health certificate and then they can't go because of whatever reason uh, they missed out on. So they have to reschedule their trip. So plan this stuff ahead and be prepared. But uh, traveling by plane is very common and you just have to follow the rules. You just have to follow their guidelines. And some of them, especially if you're going overseas or anywhere like that, there there can be some really strict guidelines. And some of the protocols you follow have to occur at certain timing points and at certain uh, dates before they can go. So, you know, specifically maybe have to have a rabies shot 60 days before they leave, or they have to have certain flea preventions applied at certain dates that then fit a protocol uh, before the date of travel. So do your homework, do your research, especially if you're flying and especially if you're flying out of the country, because that can get really, really, really detailed on that. So I think that's most of the types of travel. I mean, I know there's trains and different things like that, but I'm not sure that I think I pretty much hit everything on that. So now what we want to do is talk about the actual needs of your pet. So we've figured out that we're going on a trip. We figured out the type of travel that we're going. We know what size our dog is in, or cat or exotic animal. And we know how to accommodate that size within our settings that we're going on. So now what you want to think about is what does my pet actually need? So obviously they need food and water. So whether you're going to uh, pack a whole bunch or you're planning on buying it as you go down, the, you know, down the road, I would just caution you. I would definitely take what you need or think you need plus some just to make sure just in case of emergency situations. Obviously, there's water, bottled water out there. 
you know, maybe just some, some way to, to give it. So like a water bowl would be nice to have or something like that. But the big thing that you want to make sure that you think about is the restraint that you're going to do. So is this one good on a leash, better on a harness? Are we good in a crate? What type of restraint do I need for my pet so they don't get away from me and I have, you know, complete control of these guys uh, for the safety of them and the people around them? So especially depending on the size, large breed dogs, things like that, um, just make sure that you have the proper restraint necessary. The other thing that you want to do is know where you're going. So are we going to an area that's cold? Are we going to an area that's hot? So are we going to the beach or are we going to the mountains and going skiing? You know, where are we going and what is required for that? So going somewhere cold, you know, they do make jackets for dogs. They make different things that keep them warm, blankets, things like that. So just giving them things to, um, you know, conserve their heat, make sure you have those options available in the hot weather, you know, especially depending on what type of dog you have, you have a bulldog, got to really worry about heat strokes. Those are very common, especially if they're not used to it. So for sure, plenty of water, spray bottles, maybe with water and, or you actually can uh, use like rubbing alcohol. Uh, many times if these guys are going into a heat stroke type situation, you can spray it on their feet or in the inner flaps of their ears. And that helps to cool them off and then put them in front of a fan in front of, you know, air of some sort, whether that's an air conditioner or just a fan in general, if they're having uh, evidence of potential heat stroke or just getting too hot. And we see that all the time whenever we, people take their dog to the beach. And so you definitely want to make sure that you have the things you need when you're going to these type of areas so that they don't uh, get into a problem. A couple of other things to think about. Chronic medications. If your pet has a chronic issue that requires meds on a daily basis, you need to make sure that your pet's meds are refilled and ready to go for the length of time plus that you're going to be gone. We get this all the time where people call and they're like, hey, I'm up in, you know, Wyoming and I ran out of my medication. And some of them we can call into a human pharmacy, but some of them are veterinary specific and we don't have that option. And so you definitely want to make sure that if your pet is on medications, you have plenty of them. We have some owners, it's like, look, I'm leaving for two months and I need two months worth of meds. And, you know, we definitely do that. So it, it's something that, you know, we have to accommodate the, the needs of these guys, especially if they're critical medications that they need every day. So think about that as well. One of the, the final things I want to talk about is anxiety and travel and anxiety with your pet. So anxiety is a real thing. These guys do get stressed out. They can get nauseated. So then they, you know, they vomit or they have kind of more of a motion sickness. So it's not necessarily that they're anxious. It's just they're more nauseated. There, you know, there is medications from a prescription standpoint that can help with that. But even just simple Dramamine can help on some of these guys. You know, work with your veterinarian. Uh, they can get you doses to accommodate your pets. But, uh, you know, just the motion sickness Dramamine is something that we use if your pets are getting nauseated. Now, if they're truly 
anxious and they're having anxiety issues. So just travel in general causes anxiety. You know, Benadryl helps. You're using it for the sedation effect. Sometimes we'll use melatonin. I mean, these aren't just wow medicines. You know, they're not just going to do amazing. But if it's, you know, just take a little bit of the edge off, these might help. You know, if you're into CBD oil, some people are doing the CBD thing. Uh, that helps. But really beyond that, then you have to start getting into prescription meds. We do it many times for pets, especially traveling by airplane. Uh, we we have several different types of sedatives, anxiolytics, things like that, that just help these guys just kind of take that edge off. They are prescription. And so once again, plan ahead. If you know your pet does this, then you want to talk to your veterinarian before and plenty of time before. The other thing that I you can do, and I, I recommend a lot to my clients, uh, is do a trial. Do a trial before you even go on your trip. So a month, two months, weeks before your trip, you know, owners are like, well, I don't know. I don't know if Benadryl will work. I don't know, you know, do I need something stronger? Well, give your pet Benadryl and see if it gives you the result you want. If it doesn't, then the next time, maybe try melatonin a couple days later. If that doesn't give you the result you want, then we're going to have to go to more of a prescription medicine. And so do a trial before you even go on your trip, because it's definitely going to give you a little bit of insight that, hey, Benadryl's not even going to work. So you set yourself up to use Benadryl and then you get on your trip and you're walking out the door and your pet's going crazy and you gave Benadryl and it's doing nothing. So then you're scrambling to maybe try and get something from your vet. They might be closed. Who knows? And so plan ahead. If I can tell you nothing else on this podcast, plan ahead. So the last thing is have fun. You know, these guys are an integral part of our lives. They enjoy being with us. They want to have fun with us. They want to be with us. And so make them a part of it and include them and you will uh, get a lot of satisfaction and joy having them with you. And so just think about a few of the things that we talked about. And I think you will have an excellent trip no matter which route you go. Uh, just put a little thought into their needs. And I think your trip will be far better and you will enjoy it much better without emergencies here and there because you've already thought through the process. I hope this helps. Travel this summer is... Uh, is going to be a lot of fun. The kids I know are excited. I know mine are. And, uh, and so they're ready for summer. They're ready to get out and, uh, they, they love their pets. And so, you know, they want them to go with them as well. And so, you know, we're going to definitely plan trips that include our pets. And, uh, I hope y'all do too. And I hope these tips helped with uh, some of the things to think about. Y'all take care, uh, have a safe summer and, uh, we'll catch up with y'all next time. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this type of content, then hit that subscribe button for new episodes every week. For more information about this podcast or printable PDFs, visit our website at drmark.vet. That's D-R-M-A-R-K dot V-E-T. And feel free to email us about new topics to put on the show at info at drmark.vet. Also, check out our social outlets like Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to stay up to date with our activities. Thank you and have a great day.